Hey guys, and welcome to Small Church Shepherds, a weekly podcast of smallchurchshepherds.com, a ministry that exists to equip, enrich, and encourage small church pastors. My name is Dennis Sullenberg, and I'm the pastor of Antioch Baptist Church in Brandon, Mississippi. And I'm Jonathan Greer, pastor of Franklin Creek Baptist Church in Moss Point, Mississippi. James isn't with us today, um, but we're going to soldier on without him. That's right. Yeah, James is is a busy man. He's the, he's a uh, what is it? He's a captain of capitalism, and so he has to to do his job, and so he's out making the big bucks. So uh, we 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 well, like you said, we'll miss him, but we're glad that. Um, we're able to have this podcast today to talk about a very important subject, and that subject is, is the topic of salary packages for pastors. Um, and what we're asking is, first off, what is a salary package, and then how we can and should set them up. Now, we want to start with a disclaimer, and here's the disclaimer. We're not accountants. <laughs> we don't pretend to be accountants. Do not take anything we say on this podcast as accounting advice. This is just two pastors who have served um, in the church for over 30 years combined, um, just giving their, their insight into how we have set our packages up, how we have, have used that to our advantage and to help our families out um, and, and to be good stewards of our finances. And so um, today we're going to begin by talking. And, and, and before we really get into the subject, I thought it would be fun to sort of begin with the story of what is your worst salary package situation that you ever had? Because we all have horror stories, those of us who have been in the ministry for a while. So what was the worst salary package? And please don't use names of churches because they may have somebody listening to it. But but I'm going to start with you, Jonathan. What's your worst situation? I had a church that the treasurer was, I was there part-time and they compensated me a little bit by letting me live in the parsonage um, and then paid me a part-time salary. But whenever I set all my quote unquote pay package up with, they said, don't worry about your taxes and social security and Medicare. We'll take care of all that for you. Um, That way you don't have to do the whole quarterly mailing in your your taxes and things like that, uh, your tax payments. And I trusted them on that (laughs) until I get time to file taxes at the beginning of the year because the church never paid a penny of Social Security, Medicare, or taxes. And we were scrounging all of a sudden. Luckily, when I went to the church, they they paid for it. They covered it. Uh, But uh, I was really – when I'm doing in my did my taxes on the free TurboTax, you know, <laughs> and uh, and it's telling me I need to pay all this money, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a we had a similar situation. Uh, one of them was actually the last church I served at, and it's not that they they did that, but what happened was when I got there, they said we're going to do the exact same thing, and then about halfway through my second year there. The uh, treasurer comes to me and says, yeah, this is a lot of work. I'm going to quit doing it. And so it just sort of completely, I was like, uh, okay. And and it just completely messed me up. But my, my worst situation was probably, it, it wasn't that the situation was bad. It was just, I was completely unprepared. Went into my first church full time. You know, my, my first church I served at was a, a small community church. They were, they were only paying me, you know, probably $500 a month, if that. 
And so um, the taxes weren't a big issue with that. I was full-time in another business. But um, my first full-time church, I walked in. They put a piece of paper in front of me, and they said, we need your salary package. Um, They had nothing prepared. And I looked at them, and I said, okay, I just need to know two things. Number one, what is a salary package? And number two, how do I do it? And and it scared me to death because they said, well, you've got, you know, they told me when I came to the church, they said, well, we're going to give you this amount. And it was, it was low, 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 low for a full-time minister back in, um, 2001. Um, it was very low to begin with, but they told me, you know, we'll give you books, we'll pay your insurance. But what they meant was that they would let me take it out of my salary package. Oh, yeah, yeah. For my books and pay for my insurance. And <laughs> well, so I was so thankful to them for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like uh, that's like the church I'm at now, which, by the way, for the size of the church uh, and 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 everything, I, I'm paid pretty generously here. Uh and able to work full time, which I'm blessed, but they did the same thing. They said, here's what they called your package right. was just the, the, the total number of dollars they're going to pay me in a year. And I had to divide it all myself. Right. And and I'm still, I've been here a year and a half. I have sat down with our treasurer and reworked my package five times <laughs> because I keep yeah. finding things that, oh, I need, actually, I didn't need as much money here and I need, and, and they, he probably thinks I'm an idiot, but uh, we finally got things right. hammered out. Oh, and I think that's a good segue into, you know, what we're talking about with salary packages, because a lot of times, um, unless the church has a preset package already lined up, um, it's hard to know what you need. It's hard to know how to figure those things out. Uh, especially if you're moving from um, being a youth minister that's not ordained um, to moving into an, a situation where you are ordained and you begin to work with packages, you move from being a salaried employee that's getting your taxes out to moving into that that employee that's not getting his taxes taken out. It can be very scary. It can be very tricky. And, and so what we want to do today is we want to just sort of talk about um, how do? What are some of the, the keys that you want to put into your package? Uh, like we said, it's not going to be exhaustive, but we just want to hit some of the highlights of things that you definitely want in your package, things you definitely want to make sure that you're doing, and how those things can protect you, because that's incredibly important. And, and to me, I think the first place to begin with that would be the housing allowance. Um, the housing allowance is an allowance that, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say this, for now, because you know, depending on the makeup of our Congress and our presidency, um, there was talk as early as two years ago of getting rid of this allowance for pastors. Or but the I, way the Supreme Court's going to go, because there was right, some court absolutely. cases challenging it too. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, one of the questions we have is if you're living in a parsonage um, or if you're living in your own house, you have the right to to shelter um, the money you use for housing, for electricity, for a whole host of things, um, cleaning supplies, um, light bulbs, um, air filters for your yeah. AC unit, um, um, 
Any, yeah. Anything that you're going to use, uh, any any type of maintenance that you have to do, that's for a general upkeep. Um, I mean, I, you can't put a, you know a new housing renovation where you're adding on a third, you know, an extra room. But right. if you have a, a, a water leak and you have to get your roof repaired, you can. That's housing allowance expense. Right. Absolutely, and, and that's important because that's a that's a dollar amount that you could set in your budget, and that money is not taxed. Now, when we say not taxed, that doesn't mean you're not going to have to pay Social Security on it, but what it does mean is you don't have to pay federal taxes um, on that the income money. tax, right? Income tax on that money, and so uh, that's incredibly important. Um, I, I know a lot of you know into the income tax law provides for this benefit for us. And so we need to take advantage of it. A lot of states also um, do the same thing when it comes to a housing allowance. But if it's not put in your package as a housing allowance, you don't get the credit for it. Yep. You, can't, you can't go back and retroactively put in a housing allowance. Yep. Has to be paid, has to be put in there in writing, has to be actually designated on your church's tax documents that they paid it to you as a housing allowance. Um, I knew I had a friend that was getting paid by a church and they he was bivocational and they called it. They said, well, you have a full time job. We'll just pay you a housing allowance so you don't have to worry about taxes. I mean, they understood the, the concept of it, but nowhere in their documentation was it denoted as a housing allowance. And he ended up having to pay taxes on it. And, you know, right. by vocational, he's getting paid a thousand dollars a month. And instead of taking home a thousand dollars a month, now he's taking on home like seven, eight hundred a month um, by the time right. things get taken out. Right. So, yeah. yeah and, and that's an important thing to know. Um, another thing that that's always important, and, and this is one um, is also the medical plan and disability insurance is also um, are also numbers that can be shielded from taxes, you know, when. It doesn't matter if the church is paying for it, or if you ha- if you if you're an employee of a company that's paying your taxes. That tax money can be shielded in your package, whatever you're paying. Um, you know, my wife works for the state of Mississippi, um, and I, I now drive a bus. I'm both vocational, so I drive a bus. I get my insurance through the state of Mississippi. But in my in my um, salary package, the amount of money they take out of my check and out of my wife's check for my family's insurance it is is partitioned off there in the budget because I don't have to pay taxes on that. Mm-hmm. And that's important that you do that because a lot of times guys don't know that you can do this. Um, they think. If, mm-hmm. if my company's paying it, I can't get the tax off of that. Go ahead. Well, also, also not just insurances, but a health savings account. Right. Um, that you, that's just for anybody. That's not even for a ministry. And if you um, are going to utilize that, you can have several thousand dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, I think, maybe over a hundred thousand. Like I said, we're not accountants, but there's you can put a lot of money that's tax sheltered into a health savings account um, to help go towards your co-pays, medical bills, um, things like that with deductibles on your insurance. Um, All of these things you need to be utilizing to try to pay as little taxes as possible. And and that's not just health insurance. It's also life insurance. Yes. Um, Those premiums can be written off by our taxes. and it's important that you do that because, once again, um, you know, God wants us to, you know, the Bible says to render under Caesar 
what is Caesar's, but it does not say that we have to render unto Caesar more than what is Caesar's. And so being a good steward is not wasting God's money by giving it to the government when we don't have to. And so it's very important that we do that. Yeah, I'll go ahead and throw in my taxation is theft. I'm a little more libertarian in that <laughs> than Dennis is. But, well, uh, uh, I want to pay as little taxes as possible. No, I agree. It's theft. No, I agree with that. I'm actually more libertarian in that in some ways, but, but I, I do agree with that. But, you know, you would agree that we do have to pay what we have to pay. Yeah, I do. I, yeah, I yeah. do agree. We have a responsibility to pay. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So I, ultimately, when you're thinking about restructuring your pay package, legitimate, <laughs> this right. is another word, the maximum legitimate numbers that you can cram into like a housing allowance and medical care and stuff. Right. Because like I said, ultimately, that's more money in your pocket because a housing allowance gets paid when you get a paycheck from your church and you have a housing allowance set up. It's not going to... It, that's actually paid to you weekly or monthly or biweekly or however you get paid by your church. And so that's ultimately more money in your pocket that you get to keep. Um, and so it's, it takes a while. Maybe when you get to a church and you don't understand all this, um, it's okay to go to your church and say, hey, you know what? I'm spending more on my house than I have set up in a housing allowance and say right. it is going to benefit me Um if y'all would allow me, and I don't know any church that would that would turn you down. I mean, right. maybe it's theoretically a church, but because the, they're going to want to take care of you, and you need to be trying to take care of yourself and your family in this matter. Um, Absolutely, and, and and not just those things. What are some of the professional expenses um, that that you sort of watch, Jonathan? Because they're also, you know, the. the you know, for intents of, of taxes, the IRS looks at us as businessmen, and so um, they they allow us to be reimbursed for professional expenses that help us to perform our duties. So, what are some of those professional expenses that a pastor should should be cognizant of, and also set aside within his package? Uh, number one would be mileage reimbursement. Right. Um, and when you when I say mileage reimbursement, I mean the federally recognized mileage reimbursement. Right. Because there are some churches that I have served at in the past that did not want to recognize that, and they wanted to compensate you less than what is federally federally regulated. Um, but, uh, yeah. I've been at a church where you go out to eat lunch with pastors, go to meetings, and they said, well, our mileage reimbursement is for going to visit shut-ins and nothing else. And, yeah. and I had to tell them, you can't do that. The government sets that, not you. Anytime you are making a drive for ministry purposes, and and I even I even do this for like if you're going to a, a a conference or something like that, especially SBC conference. If right. you drive that, that's mileage because yeah, that is that is a that's considered like a work function. Um, it's um or what do they call it? Professional development. Right. You know, like I'm I'm driving to G three for this conference in right. a day or two. I'm going to count that as mileage. That's a my mileage to and from that because that's per professional development. Right. Um, not only yeah. that, entertainment. I mean, if you go out to eat lunch with a deacon in your church or your family mm -hmm. after church on Sunday night goes and eats dinner with some church members, that is considered entertainment. The mileage you drive to the place and back 
you can write it off on the taxes and that moves into the next thing that needs to be under professional expenses is entertaining because your food can be written off on your taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, you go eat with the pastor, you go eat with a church member. If you go eat with a friend that's in the ministry and you talk about ministry things, but it does you don't even have to talk about ministry things because it's it gets considered an entertainment as long as the relationship deals with your work mm-hmm. and your ministry, then it is a legitimate write-off. Think about this. You could meet someone on a regular basis for discipleship and y'all go get coffee and and do discipleship together. That's something you can write off. That's something you can be reimbursed from. And when we talk about reimbursements, it's important that we identify what those are. These are things that are part of your salary package. And I'm doing air quotes, and I realize this is not on video. This is audio, but I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> this is part of your quote-unquote salary package um, that the church has agreed to pay you. But in order for you to not get taxed unless you use it um, type things, it, it sits in reserve. You're not getting this weekly. Um or monthly in your regular paycheck. This is you have to keep receipts and turn these things in. And then the church. You do get your housing allowance. Oh, yeah. You get your housing allowance, yes. But anything other than your housing and medical um, you right. is considered a reimbursement. Right. Um, and reimbursements, it's there, but you're not taxed on it unless you actually use it. Right. Um and so when you're doing these things, it's you're spending the money um, out of your own pocket, essentially. But your church is going to pay you back, and that's part of your salary um, right. overall. And you also don't get taxed on it. Another area that's important to me, and I think to any pastor, as I pan my camera, which if you're listening and not watching, which all of you are, as I pan it towards my bookshelf, <laughs> books are incredibly important as as right off. I think every pastor should have a book fund because if you, if you're going to read and if you're a pastor, you should read, um, you need a book fund to buy those books with. And, and like you said, it's coming out of your salary, but I mean, you cannot, I cannot even begin to express how important something as simple as a $300 book fund would be for a pastor mm-hmm. to have that reimbursement. Because, you know, it's one of these weird things about our brains. I don't miss buying that book if it's coming, if I'm getting reimbursed for it, even though it came out of my salary. Because when I get my salary, my salary is what it is. I don't mm-hmm. miss that. that's coming out of that check each month when I get my my check each month. But if I have to go buy that book on Amazon and I don't have it in my package and I'm not getting reimbursed for it, then that can really hurt. And it can keep me from getting some materials that I really need and I should have read. If you have money coming into your wallet and your bank account, it's already gone in your personal budget. It gets divided up. But if you have money that's set aside – you are going to be able to actually spend it on that, you know, um, and and you definitely even two or three hundred dollars. I mean, that's that's a lot of books you can buy if you're smart with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, and and for me, you know, I'm about to go back to school and finish up some some schoolwork, um, some some seminary work. And so having that book fund means when I buy my school books, I don't have to come out of my pocket at that mm-hmm. time, it's going to be reimbursed for me, which we, helps my family. 
which that's another thing that um, it kind of can we can transition into. Um, if you're going to school, a lot of churches will like to try to pay for either some or all of your schooling. If you're right. if you're lucky, you can get a church that right. will cover all of your seminary. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't had one either, but I, I know plenty of people who have. So right. I know they exist out there. Maybe it's <laughs> I don't know. But one thing that's very important that I learned because I did have a church that they couldn't afford to pay all of my seminary, but they wanted to pay some of it. Um, do not let the church put that in your pay package. That right. Sh- that is not something that's t- it doesn't help you at all because there are other tax loopholes. What they need to do if you have a church that says, "Hey, we want to pay for your schooling or something on your schooling," let them contact your seminary or college as an institution, as a church, and give you a scholarship donation where you personally never touch the money. And and that's going to help guard you at taxes, too, because you're a seminary, and they're going to write you a $7,000 check every semester, and they write it to you, and then you pay it, you're paying taxes on that. But if they just... If they just write it as a check to the seminary um, and you never touch it, it's handled differently. Absolutely. And, and, and so, you know, the big thing with with when we talk about packages and and, and we want to stress this again, we always recommend that you find someone. And when I someone who knows the IRS tax law, an accountant, somebody you could talk to. But more than that. Try to find somebody in your area who deals with church uh, tax law because a lot of guys, a lot of CPAs, they have a cursory knowledge of how to do church taxes. But if you could find somebody who's done it and does it consistently, they know the loopholes, they know um, the the breaks, they know the things that you can do. They can really help you set your package mm-hmm. up so that you're getting the maximum amount of money back. And, and that just helps your your family, because let's be honest, most of us, especially in the small church world, um, what we consider adequate is really small compared to what, you know, people in in the larger church world would consider to be adequate. We would be um, on the very bottom rung of staff in most bigger churches. And so we have to protect our family and, and, and do good by them and do right by them. Uh, one thing I want to talk about for a minute is the idea of dual status for pastors. And this is one thing I think sometimes when it comes to tax time that pastors don't understand. And um, what I'm talking about by dual, dual status is this. Pastors are dual status employees. And what I mean by that is he's an employee of the church for income tax purposes, but he's considered self-employed for social security and Medicaid. And what that means is that instead of paying a total of around 15.3% on taxes, he ends up having to pay um, an extra 7.65% on his taxes. And I'm reading this. Um, I'm not I'm not a genius at this. I'm actually reading <laughs> this off of a, the Baptist Bulletin website. This was done by uh, Jim Rickard, who is a certified public accountant. And, and what Jim Rickard says, I want to give credit where credit is due. He says that additional um, 7.65% 
um, that it, it, it increases the amount of money that he has to pay on his taxes um, by, by a great deal. And so a lot of times what can happen is we can get into a situation where we think we're paying enough. And then when it's time to go file our taxes, you've got another 7.65 over the course of a year. And mm-hmm. if you're making $50,000, I mean, you're talking, well, 10% of $50,000 is $5,000. So you're talking about $3,000, give or take, that you're going to have to come out of your pocket on. Go ahead, Jonathan. Um uh, that's another thing that's really important to talk to people who know. And you mentioned finding an actual CPA that knows about church stuff. That was one of the best things that I ever did was swapping from doing my own taxes to an actual CPA that actually did other pastors' taxes and knew about it. Um, I had one recommended to me by a, an older pastor who had been doing it longer than me. My income, return, my tax returns doubled. <laughs> I know that's not going to be the check case for everybody, but yeah. it just they did. You know, it just yeah. that, that was my personal thing. And so I don't do my own taxes anymore. It right. is worth paying a CPA to go and do it because they're going to do it right. Second thing, when you're trying to figure out all this tax stuff, we have so if you're Southern Baptist, at least, and I know all of our listeners are not Southern Baptist, um, but if you're Southern Baptist, you need to tap in to your local association. Your director of missions is likely going to have leads on people who can help you locally, but also the state convention and Godstone as a national entity have people that will talk to you and work you through setting up your pay package that right. are actually trained in the tax code and 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 experience with working with pastors. So reach out to these people um, and and they will help you. Right, and and and. Just coming from a pastoral heart, coming from a pastor to other pastors, my biggest concern is this, especially with small churches. Um, We have families that we want to minister to and we want to serve. And, um, you know, we're talking about our family. You know, we have our church family that, of course, we need to minister to. But we don't want to take money out of our kids' lives that we could use for things because Lord knows that. Money is hard to come by in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And so every dollar we can get, that's another, you know, trip to the movies with your kids to go see Aquaman or another, um, you know, vacation. If you can just get that little bit of extra money, it can really help you minister to your first congregation, which is your family, which yep. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can neglect. And and so that's our heart. We want to help you do that. And and. And learning how to do a package is so important. Mm -hmm. Something we've kind of just realized we've neglected as something you can set aside for reimbursement is technology. Um, You can have technology as part of work thing. And I can't tell you how many times, I mean, literal words out of my wife's mouth. You want to talk about helping you? Thank God you have that set aside in your reimbursables because when a cell phone gets dropped in a toilet (laughs) or falls off the top of a car because you left it there, when your computer hard drive fails, if if you are lucky enough to have to have some money set aside in in your pay package, set aside some enough money in your pay package. And I'm lucky. I'm full time. I'm blessed. I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. I have enough money set aside in my pay package uh, f- strictly for technology 
at least to cover a phone failure. Right. <laughs> and 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 I have enough money to buy outright a phone if mine fails. And, and same, like last year, my phone was fine. And so I used that money because my computer failed last year. I had a hard drive failure last year. And so I was able to buy me a new laptop. And it was in a time when my family was super tight and we could not afford to buy a new laptop. But I needed it for work, had it in my reimbursables. Um, right. That's why these things are so important to set up properly. Yeah, and they are because um, we want to shield that. We want to protect our family um, from those things. All right, Jonathan, I just as we sort of near the end of the podcast, the one thing that I wanted to address, and it, it's it's the most uncomfortable part of going to a church to me. You know, I can sit down and talk about spiritual things. I can even disagree with people on a search committee about some theology, and I've gotten into some good discussions with people on theology, but it seems like often um, we're very um, reticent to bring up money when it comes to a church, and we don't do that in any other industry. Um, you know, when I when I went to work for a computer company before I became full time, I didn't walk in and say, uh, "Let's talk about all this stuff." And then, oh yeah, by the way, I hate to ask, but what are you paying? No, mm-hmm. pretty much, pretty quick. I was like, "What's the salary? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are my responsibilities?" Yeah. And why do you think that is? Well, it's because we've been we've been kind of trained by churches that that it's that we should be more spiritual than that. Like like for somehow, you know, the love of money is evil, but so we we can't want any money for our families. <laughs> uh, um, what's, the, what's the old what's the old say, saying we want our pastors to be poor and humble? You be humble and we'll keep you poor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh but it's it's just this idea that and, and I have literally had a church tell me this. Uh we I, I had got into about the second or third interview with the church. I had went to preach, not in view of a call, but just right. for them to hear me. And then I we met another time afterwards for them to talk about how the sermon went. And I and I brought up. So where are y'all at in in and I was trying to think of how I worded it. I, it was like I was trying to think about I said where are y'all at in range wise at least of a salary package? And one of the guys on the search committee who was a deacon at that church looked at me and just with straightest face and all seriousness, minute 100%, why would you need to know that? If God's calling you here, he'll call you here. And I'm just, just like, I didn't go there because they didn't, they didn't like that I asked that question. Right. And so they... You know, I didn't go there, um, but I didn't like the way they responded to it either. But and, and I had to tell him, I was like, listen, I, I have all the faith in the world that I'm, God's going to call me to the church he needs to call me to. You know, I have all the faith in the world that I, I'm I'm going to continue to serve him wherever that's at. And if that's at you, if it's this church, I'll you know that I'll be it. That's it. But I have a duty as a father, as a, as a leader in my family to make sure that I am not going to be leading my family into a place where we can't support ourselves. Right. Um, you know, the Bible says that, you know, a husband who does not provide for his family is worth is as bad as an infidel. Mm-hmm. And so we have that responsibility to take care of our families. And so, as we sort of close up, what are some things? And I get, I guess, you know, we've both been in that situation where you get to that uh, um, uncomfortable time. 
how are you supposed to broach the subject if the search committee does not broach the subject? And then secondly, um, how do you negotiate that salary package? I think that's an important thing um, both before you go into a church and then even after you go into the church. How do you meet and negotiate your package and make those changes? And what are some things you need to look for when you're going into a church? Because we both have been in the situation where they said— this is going to happen. And then you walk into the door and something else happens. So how can we sort of protect ourselves from that? Well, I think number one, you need to know what the church's expectation is. Um, like if, if they have said part-time or bivocational, these are the two parts where you need to really figure out what their expectations are as far as their provision for you. Um, if it's full time, there's there's much less of a questions uh, on there what they're because if they're full time, you can almost assume that they're going to want to provide all the necessities for you um, right. uh, in that term. But if they if you're going to a part time or bivocational, you need to just have an honest. All right, I'm coming in here. Um, if you're moving to a place. You know, you need to talk about transition. You're going to be able to wait for me to find a job before I come down here, or do y'all want me here and y'all are going to support me till I find a job? Like, what's going to happen there? That's something you need to look at. You need to know if they're wanting to be able to pay your medical insurance or not, like, or if they want you to get that from your main job. You want to know if they're going to want to pay housing or not, or if you're if they're comfortable just paying you housing, so that you can get that part of your um, payment from them or um, if they will pay it to you as a housing expense. Um, I think you need to know their expectations and I think you need to know your needs. Um, You don't have to have a perfect idea of what you need in a pay package going in, but you need to know your minimum need. My family will live and we we will not starve and we can make all of our payments and not go in debt at this um, this number and these amounts. And I think it's important for us as pastors to realize there's nothing unspiritual about this conversation. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that the the shepherd is due his his payment, you know, that mm-hmm. he's for the gospel, he should receive his 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 income from the gospel, and mm-hmm. so there's nothing wrong with having this conversation. Um, I think there's a good way to do it. I think you do it with love. I think you do it with respect. You you treat them like adults. Which you know, in the situation you said where you were asking them about p- package range, that was a very adult question. But we've got to understand. Churches don't always act like adults. They're going to respond sometimes in very, you know, they would not, I've often said this, they would not accept the way they treat their pastors. If they went into a business and were treated that way, they would not expect, accept Mm -hmm. that their employers. And yet that's often what happens to pastors. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have those conversations up front. And I've gone into churches and and I want to say this, I'm like you, Jonathan, Um, two times in my life, I took. $20,000 pay cuts to go to a church that I felt like God wanted me to go to. Mm -hmm. um, So it's not about becoming wealthy, um, but you do need to know, hey, can we survive? Because if you can't survive financially, then you're not going to be effective. 
Yeah. And and I would go so far to say that God is not going to call you to a place where your family is not going to be able to be taken care of. Now, you might go to a place where your living quality or your style of living has to change dramatically. Oh, yeah. You know, you might go to a place where you can't afford to eat the name brand foods you like to eat and go (laughs) eat as much often. You know, God might call you to a place where you feel more impoverished than you were at another place, but he is not going to call you to a place where six months into it you have to leave or and do something else because the church can't provide for you. Right. So what you're saying is you may have to quit eating Captain Crunch and go get those little bags of mateys or whatever they're called. Yes. And the Malta Mill cereals. That I, my family Malta lives Malta. off the Malta Mill brand bag <laughs> cereals. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's important to know that you've got to and not only do you need to have that conversation with the church you really need to have that conversation with your spouse and help them to understand look i feel like this is where god's leading me these are the changes that is are going to have to happen mm-hmm. because you know often we're sort of like well if that's god's where where god's going to call me i'm going to go but how many times have we said it and this is probably going to be a future podcast if you lose your family then you've lost your ministry. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to protect that wife. You've got to protect that family and um, and make sure that you go in as a united team. And, and, and look, this is my conviction, just like with you. I think if God's leading you somewhere, then you can have that conversation with those people. And God, even if they're... There are people there that are sort of like that one deacon. I believe God will soften their hearts and prepare them to have that conversation. Exactly. I think it's already cut you off there. Um, But I think that's something for just to keep in mind, not just with pay packages, but the whole interview process. And I know we could probably do this as another complete episode. We probably will later. But never be afraid to talk about something in an interview. Never be afraid to express yourself, especially about your pay package and your theology, because what's the worst that's going to happen? You want to know what the worst is going to happen? The worst is you don't speak up or you hide something. You get to a church, you're miserable and you're gone in a year. You know, if, if be yourself in these interviews, express the needs and concerns that you have openly. And if God's calling you to a place, they're going to receive those graciously. Right. And I, and I think with the salary packages and with the interview process, um, the one thing we need to be careful with as pastors is when we're trying to sell ourselves to a church then to me that shows a great lack of faith in God and his leading in that situation. Mm-hmm. If I have faith in God, I don't have to sell myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been guilty of it. Uh, recently, I, I, not too long ago, I was interviewing with a church, and um, fortunately they didn't hire me. I was in the interview process, and, and God really convicted me afterwards that I was I was shocked at how willing I was to give up on some of the things um, for the opportunity to go to this particular church. And, and I repented of that because you're like, man, would I have really given all that up for that? And, and I think that's important that we go into any situation, whether it's a salary packages situation, an interview process, that we go in knowing what we believe, 
why we believe it, and we stand on the principles that we believe in, and, and, and not dig in our heels no matter what, be willing to compromise where we can, but always say, look, this is what this is what I know God's leading me to do, and I'm going to do it. Well, and I, the last thing I want to say on this um, before I hand it over to you to end things, uh, don't be afraid to get stuff wrong on your initial pay package. Absolutely. If you go into a church, and I, and as I joked earlier, I have changed my pay package. I've been here a little about around a year and a half, and I've changed my pay package numbers up four or five times. Right. Um, as long as you're not increasing the amount of money you get paid, your church will have no problem if you say, I just want to shift the numbers around a bit. Right. And all that takes for tax purposes is a vote at a business meeting. Right. Absolutely. So if if you're getting there and you realize, man, I really I'm not getting near the mile. I'm not using near as many miles as I have set aside for mileage reimbursement. I'm going to cut back, you know, five hundred dollars on that and and move that to my housing allowance, because really I'm cutting it short. I'm 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 only covering, say, my rent or my mortgage, and I'm not really paying for all the extra stuff that I'm buying in my home. Garbage bags. You know, I don't. And so. Maybe you want to do that. Just bring it up at a business meeting and and let church know I'm not increasing what you pay me. I just need to shift shift some things around so it'll be better for my family. And you right. can do that. Yeah, and you can, and you should do it. I mean, it's important that you take care of your family. And so uh, we're just going to leave this discussion on that note. I want to thank you for joining us today at Small Church Shepherds. Um, we're excited to have you be a part of this podcast. And there are a couple of things that we want you to do. Uh, first off, we want to ask you to like our podcast and to give us a five-star review only five stars. If you give four stars, you're in danger of purgatory. Five stars only. So give us a five-star review. You're not really in danger of purgatory. I made that up, but uh, please give us a five-star review. Let people know that helps us get the word out about our podcast on um, iTunes. Also, check out our Small Church Shepherds Facebook page. It's one of the best places to find our our blog posts, find um, information about what's going on. We've got a lot of exciting things that are going to be happening in the months to come at Small Church Shepherds. We're beginning to move forward with this ministry and so please get on that facebook page it's small church shepherds um also go to our website smallchurchshepherds.com and you can always like us on twitter at shepherd small um and and so we just want you to be a part of what god's doing um continue to read continue to to listen as we continue to expand the ministry so we're going to close today on behalf of uh, of Jonathan. I want to say God bless. Have a great day. And remember, live for God's glory and your joy. Thank you.